So I think that for those partners that are trying to enable themselves, going into their smaller customers and saying, hey, can we have a discussion around, you know, how are you doing your, how you manage your sales? Are you still doing it on spreadsheets or are you using QuickBooks? And you feel maybe there are some pain points there because you've outgrown it. Welcome to Evolved Radio, where we explore the evolution of business and technology. I'm your host, Todd Kane. Today on the podcast, I'm speaking with Douglas Fiore with Tech Data. Doug is a former Microsoft Dynamics business owner who now works as a partner enablement manager for Tech Data. Doug and I discuss some of the opportunities available to Microsoft Cloud partners. Dynamics is a growing practice area for many MS partners, and if you haven't considered how it could help your business, this podcast will help highlight the opportunity available. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast so you get every new episode. Also, if you wouldn't mind, please leave a rating and review in your podcast app. This helps others find the show so we can reach more of the community. Now on with the show. Joining me on the podcast today is Doug Fiore with Tech Data. Welcome, Doug. Thank you, Todd. So we're chatting about uh, the cloud, um, more specifically the Microsoft Cloud. But if we can kind of, if we end up expanding beyond that, then then excellent. Uh, your position at Tech Data uh, is pretty central around enabling partners and uh, helping them to expand their business and make sure that they're getting their clients what they what they need. Uh, so this is pretty central to uh, a lot of the things that you're exposed to and the conversations that you're having with uh, IT partners. Do you want to expand upon? your role and just kind of fill people in on on uh, what you do? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, for, for many of you uh, listening, you know that Microsoft has invested in what they call their three clouds. Uh, one of those clouds is Modern Workplace. Another one is Azure. And then the third one is Dynamics. I focus specifically on Dynamics uh, and working in that space, but I have colleagues and counterparts and teams that also work in the other two cloud areas as well. Okay, great. Uh, I think most people listening are going to be familiar with uh, with Modern Workspace, uh, primarily you know the Office offerings and, and things that revolve around uh, Microsoft 365 and Office 365. Um, I'll just touch on it as, as sort of a, a launching point for kind of what I, I want to uh, put to you as a as a as a, an idea for this conversation. Um, ages ago, back back in the early days of, uh, of BPOS, which was, yes. uh, I'm sure anyone who's been yes. around in the industry for a while remembers BPOS as the original sort of iteration of what is now Office 365, where they p- kind of pulled these things, specifically Exchange and a few other solutions and pushed them into cloud offerings. And I don't know if you remember this, Doug, but uh, I had lots of conversations, mostly working inside organizations, and VPs were furious with this change, thinking that this is the death of our professional services businesses, and you know we make all of this money on supporting, uh, supporting and hosting Exchange, uh, and upgrades are a big part of our revenue, uh, and they, they, a lot of people were very dramatically resistant to this move, and I kind of looked around and I was like, look, you know, if Microsoft is pushing this direction, I don't know if you want to throw yourself on the gears in the machine to try and stop it. Uh-huh. It just doesn't uh-huh. feel like a, a winning battle. And, and I think uh, the more I started to work in this this field and, and look at how BPOS was being deployed, what I got a sense was is that it just removed a lot of the complexity, uh, the unnecessary complexity in supporting Microsoft infrastructure. You no longer re- sort of were uh, required to look after the bare metal and support that infrastructure uh, more broadly. And, and sort of the reason that I 
I that I sort of posit the story is that I think this is uh, sort of one of those early opportunities that we're now seeing kind of with Azure, where people are kind of suspicious originally of, you know, how they could enable that in their business. Will they be cannibalizing some of their business if they move all of these services to the cloud? And what, what value could they then present? Um, and where I, we get to sort of the conversation with, with you, Doug, is I think the, the people need to start to think about what are the consultative solutions that they're providing to their client businesses. And uh, technology providers very uh, sort of appropriately are no longer really IT providers, but more broadly technology providers. They need to think about what the businesses actually require and how technology can enable what they're trying to build. And I think there's a huge greenfield opportunity in the enablement of Dynamics services and a Dynamics line of business for a lot of IT providers, and especially for the managed service providers. So that, that's kind of my pre-ramble on this. Uh, do you yeah. want to give me your thoughts on, on sort of how you see that? Oh, absolutely. I think that you hit it on the head that there was this, you know, a lot of the Microsoft community kind of dug their heels in early and just weren't convinced that they could they could maintain their business uh, once things started to move to the cloud. But I think that we've seen that proven wrong, right, uh, over the last 10 years that a lot of businesses are really flourishing uh, since they've embraced the cloud and, and brought their customers to the cloud. And it's funny because Dynamics was really one of the first uh, tools that was delivered in the cloud way back in the day of, you know, CRM uh, was the first business solution that Microsoft really offered in the cloud. And I remember at that point in time, I, I, I had built and run a Microsoft consulting company and the cloud discussions to get CRM into the cloud went very easily. It was, it was really interesting that customers were very interested in saying, hey, I don't want to manage this whole thing and I don't want you to manage it for me. Can we just use Use it, and you can help. Can you show us how to use it, and 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 make it work for our business? So actually, the sales process uh, accelerated a bit when when we started to see Dynamics in the cloud back in the day, and I think it's becoming easier now. The cloud's making it easier to accelerate that those business discussions and say, hey, you don't have to worry about maintaining an army of people to manage this infrastructure for you. That's taken care of. Let's talk about how we can solve your business problems today. Yeah, I 100% agree. Uh, I, I'd actually kind of forgotten that CRM online was, was, was like way back in the day. That was one of those early services. Yeah, that's right. It, yeah, it was right around the BPOS time. Exactly. They both came out at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. So I, I think one of the things that kind of maybe scares people away from leaning into Dynamics, uh, and, and I'd love your your sort of position on this, seeing sort of uh, people switch to this and and, uh, and moving to enablement. Uh, I think people think somewhat rightly that Dynamics is a, a a bit of a beast and and you know difficult to configure and you know it's kind of like if you deploy salesforce you're going to spend a ton of money and a ton of time to to get this set up and configured uh how true is that i think is my question uh, i think there's truth in it depending on the size of the organization you're speaking with right if you're working with smbs and they want to fire up crm so they can turn three of their salespeople onto crm and they can start to manage their business and have visibility into that part of their business business, it's, it's pretty easy. If you walk into a Fortune 1000 company, yes, there are complexities, there's scale that makes it very difficult. So I think that for those partners that are trying to enable themselves, going into their smaller customers and saying, hey, can we have a discussion around, you know, how are you doing your, how you manage your sales? Are you still doing it on spreadsheets or are you using QuickBooks? And you feel maybe there are some pain points there because you've outgrown it. Maybe there's a business central discussion you can have. So I think for, for organizations that don't know about Dynamics, 
the on-ramp there is is not as hard as some people say if you start with some of your smaller customers. So like a lot of the listeners to, to the podcast tend to be in the MSP space or or the the smaller side of the IT consulting space. So uh, let's let's sort of appeal to, to to those minds initially. And I think it's a good launching point, right? If you're going to dip your toe into this business unit and develop something around a dynamics practice, uh, what are some of the things that people should consider? CRM, I think, is an obvious one. Uh, if you can... If if a client doesn't have a CRM, you know, why sort of send them over to Zoho or HubSpot or something like that? If, if, if CRM online is, a, is an equivalent for that, is, is that the best place to start? And are there other areas that people should consider? I, I personally would start with CRM because if, you know, and, and when we talk about dynamics, I think a lot of people, they hear the word dynamics and it's like black magic. You know, they're kind of, their minds just kind of like, oh, that's too big and that's too complicated. And I don't really, so, so to simplify it, there are really two components within the product family. One is a CRM, a customer relationship tool, and the other components, and there are various products there that are ERP solutions, right? They're the finance and operations. That's how businesses run that part of their business. So I think the complexities of ERP and understanding, you know, accounting practices and finance and maybe, you know, uh, manufacturing and, and some of the complexities on that side uh, could be intimidating for MSPs that are used to working with, you know, kind of the, the data center and providing, you know, uh, solutions just uh, from that perspective. So I think a good on-ramp for those organizations is from the CRM side where the complexities aren't as great. You don't have to have specific accounting experience. But I think that the one addition you may have to add, and you probably have people in your organizations to do this, is really kind of some business process mapping you know, uh, to understand how does the sales and marketing function work within your organization, map that out and make sure that when you implement CRM, that it is kind of either, uh, it's either working the way your business already works, or it gives you an opportunity to improve how you're doing it and then implement a solution that provides those improvements as well. Yeah. And I think that, uh, like I said, I think this is a, a, a sort of a, a, a an area of growth for a lot of IT providers where they're now implementing ERPs and PSAs, especially in their business, and they're doing a lot of this work and they can kind of turn their efforts of the work that they've done internally to their clients' businesses as well and, and really help them around that operational muscle. And, and I think that business process mapping and just sort of understanding what are you actually trying to accomplish? What is the work actually actually look like around here. Uh, and, and that's a consultative opportunity that I think a lot of people don't really uh, sort of perceive the, the opportunity, both in additional revenue, but also the trust, the loyalty and the stickiness yes. of being able to help a client uh, understand their business and functionally improve their business with technology. Absolutely. And I think that through that process, as you, you kind of described there, is through the process of, of taking them through this process and holding in their hand creates lifelong relationships. Yeah, right. And, and that's one thing that I think Dynamics does, uh, I think, more so than any other cloud solution is that it creates really sticky customers and you build good, solid, deep relationships and the relationships are less transactional and more consultative. 
Yeah, great. So the other half that I think people could consider where there's an opportunity for it, you know, if you have a larger organization that potentially requires an ERP uh, implementation, it, uh, I think to your, to your point, it's not necessarily something that people will feel comfortable with. And, and probably uh, in the near term of this, de- the development of a dynamics business shouldn't take on themselves. But uh, this is an area that I kind of call out as a perfect spot to find a dynamics partner that yeah. does not do infrastructure, they have no interest in competing against your MSP or IT consultant business, and they would love the opportunity to help your clients develop their, their ERP and their Dynamics uh, deployment, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, you're highlighting what one of the, the biggest proponent or the biggest, uh, you know, positive components of our tech data relationship with our customers is, is that we have thousands and thousands of modern workplace or MSP partners that are used to going in and selling hardware and implementing networks. And, and storage and those things. Uh, and they have good relationships. And then if they bump into a dynamics opportunity, they don't know what to do with it. Right. So many times they come to us and they say, hey, can you make an introduction for us to one of your dynamics partners? And we'll figure out what the requirements are, how big the company is, what they're looking for. And then we'll go through our dynamics partner portfolio and we'll make a match and we'll say, okay, you two go to market together and go close a dynamics deal together. And they can structure the deal any way that they want. They can structure it in either the Dynamics partner, the, I'm sorry, the MSP keeps the Dynamics licensing or they work on a referral basis or whatever it is. So we've established these relationships and these now are turning into uh, repeatable relationships where they may do one opportunity together, one deal together, and then they go back and go find more together. And the beautiful part of it, as you kind of hinted at it there, Todd, is that these are non-competitive partners. They're not, you know, we've got MSP partners that don't know Dynamics and we've got Dynamics partners that are really good at that, but they don't do a lot of the MSP stuff. So they complement each other and they really don't have to worry about cannibalizing each other's business. Yeah, that's excellent. And I think it's it's sort of a, there's, there's a bit of a trust factor uh, that, uh, you know, I've, I've in my past in the organizations that I've run, I've, I've leveraged uh, partners that were great at specific skill sets. And historically, you know, the one that pops to mind the most would be SharePoint. You know, they're, they're it's pretty easy to deploy SharePoint and kind of have the basic services enabled, uh, the vanilla deployment, as it were, but it doesn't prevent a ton of value. Whereas if you can get a partner that really understands SharePoint, can do a bit of consulting with that business and really make it sing for them, it's an entirely different animal. Uh, And that is that has, uh, in my history of enabling uh, partner relationships that way, I never got burned, right? So I think that there's sort of a false narrative in people's head, a bit of a fear that, you know, if I introduce some other partner, then, you know, either I'll be seen as less valuable somehow, or they're going to, you know, say, well, we don't need this other guy and they steal, steal your business away from you. And I can say from my experience, that's almost universally not true, right? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I have not seen that. Um, and I know that I, uh, back in the day, I had built a, a successful dynamics uh, consulting organization and we established those types of relationships. And we understood that, uh, you know, if we started competing against each other, uh, we're both going to be worse off, right? Yeah. Um, so the, the smart the smart partners are working to work together and not compete. And those are the ones that we're paying close attention to and working with Heritech Data. Okay, great. So I think that just to, to reiterate, that point of uh, uh, leveraging you guys uh, as a distribution partner, uh, asking tech data for some help to get those introductions, I think is a good idea. I think initially, you know, I, I would have imagined you reach out maybe to Microsoft, uh, the channel partner support and ask for that, that, that type of uh, 
referral, but I think the, it's probably a better idea. I think the the responsiveness and sort of the due yes. diligence from uh, from a partner like yourself is going to be much better, uh, produce a much better result for the partners. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that one of the things you know, and uh, I love I love Microsoft. I love the Microsoft ecosystem. I think that there are many Microsoft partners out there that would agree with me that you know Microsoft is a big company. It's sometimes it's hard to get answers. And, and have a level of responsiveness that helps them be successful. Tech Data has an entire team here that focuses just on dynamics. And we've got SLAs in place where we will, we will respond to you within 24 hours to get you the answers that you need, right? So we have a team here of licensing experts, as well as uh, partners that are uh, uh, people that are managing those dynamics partners with us, as well as the modern workplace partners and the Azure team as well. So we have the entire Microsoft cloud covered and a lot of, a lot of people working to help out the, our partners. Okay, great. Uh, is there uh, any other areas of this business around what you're seeing people sort of leverage the dynamics business for or to, to be successful or any things that we haven't touched on yet? I think that one of the opportunities I hinted at earlier was um, that, you know, a lot of these SMB uh, customers Customers have, you know, when they started their business, they they said, well, let's get QuickBooks and it'll solve some problems for us, right? Um, so I would think that any MSP has dozens of part of customers that are using QuickBooks, right? Uh, and many of those customers have probably exceeded some of the functionality that's in QuickBooks and they're experiencing pain. So just having partners go in and talk to their customers about, are you using QuickBooks? And are you experiencing any pain or limitations? Those are easy questions to ask. And I'm willing to bet you, you get a lot of yeses to those questions. And then it's very easy to turn that discussion into, well, let's talk about Microsoft Dynamics and see how we can provide a platform that's going to actually help you scale and move your business forward instead of inhibit its growth. Um, so I think that's something that we're seeing within our customer base that is really resonating and driving dynamics discussions. Now, maybe this is old terminology, but uh, my understanding would be sort of the NAV and the AX side of yes. dynamics. Is would that yes. be, which I can't I always forget which one's the big one. I think AX is the big a- one. AX, yes. Okay. And actually, so now I appreciate you bringing that up because now um, there's been some rebranding now. Okay. Um, so in, and I did mention earlier there's a CRM component. And then there are these ERP product family, the product family of ERPs. And depending on the size or the type of business, there's a different ERP solution. So in the day, back in the day, there was Solomon or Dynamics SL, and then there was Dynamics AX, which is Exapta, uh, you know, uh, Dynamics GP, which was Great Plains, and then Dynamics Nav, which was Navision. So uh, of those four products, Microsoft decided they were going to take AX, which is their enterprise solution, and turn that into a cloud solution, which they can now call F&O, and then take the NAV product and migrate that and turn that into their SMB ERP solution, which now they call Business Central. Okay. So when we're, talking about, when we're talking about dynamics in the cloud, there are two solutions, yet there are four on-prem solutions that these two solutions were born out of. Right. right? Okay. Yeah. I think so, most of us want to look towards those cloud models to be future-proof, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So if you and it, it breaks out pretty easily. If you've got an SMB customer, the the cloud ERP solution is business central. Okay. And if you have more of an enterprise, uh, you know, customer, the right solution for them is what they call F and O, finance and operations. Okay, perfect. Uh, the other part that I, I I would say that my exposure to some of the products that I've seen being built in in uh, in Dynamics, uh, one of the strong 
sort of influences that that I really like about working in that ecosystem is is its heavy ties into the rest of your Microsoft stack, right? Absolutely. It, uh, being able to work in Outlook is, is yep. something that is a really strong ask and a demand in some cases for salespeople. And yep. if your Microsoft's 365 uh, accounts are are automatically tied into your CRM through through email, and there's a lot of tagging and things that can happen. Yes. Just pretty much automatically uh, yes. so tracking co- communications with the client you're not updating the uh, uh, tools in parallel to try and keep yes. all of that, that data current it's just automatically built into the stack are there some of the other features that 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 sort of stack enablement really allows oh absolutely absolutely i mean you know to your point uh it, it's beautiful for a salesperson to be able to be in outlook which i think most of us live in most of the day right and actually be entering data that you know is then automatically is going to be pushed into CRM and recorded in CRM. So that's beautiful from a salesperson's perspective. But the other thing is from a sales manager perspective, that creates accountability. So if you're running, you know, if you're running metrics on activities and other things like that, your sales team doesn't really have the opportunity to say, well, I didn't enter it, right? Because of that tight integration with Outlook. There are tasks in CRM and so forth that can be pulled in. Additionally, Business Central, you can actually go in within out from Outlook and look into the Business Central ERP solution. And you can look at things like inventory if you're looking for a specific product and other things. So Business Central, CRM, Outlook, all those things are tightly integrated uh, and work really well together, as well as other tools like Teams and SharePoint. Uh, all of those tools fit together. Is this something that even like IT providers and S- and MSPs should be considering on, you know, like maybe they've been on QuickBooks on-prem, for example, and they're considering, do I go to QuickBooks online or do I go to zero? Should they actually consider uh, Microsoft Business Central for that? I would absolutely, yes, suggest so, because it's, it, it really, it, it's a great tool. It, it integrates with everything that you're already using. Uh, but at the same time, it gives you exposure and experience. So now you can go to your customers and you can say, I use this tool every day. Right. I know how it works. I know how to uh, engage with it in order to improve my business. Let me do the same thing for you. Yeah. No, that's a great idea. I hadn't even considered that. There's a, there's a, another uh, accounting package that is potentially better integrated to your ecosystem, right? Yes, exactly. Okay, exactly. Great. Uh, yeah. Uh, any sort of final words of wisdom or a call to action for for the listeners before we wrap up here, Doug? Uh, the, you know, the only call I have, Todd, is that if if you're interested in learning more about you know how to leverage Dynamics to, in order to you know increase your your top line and and create better margins in your cloud business, uh, Tech Data is a one stop shop. We can help you do that. In addition to this partner to partner kind of model that we just described. We also have enablement services. So if you want to understand how to become a Dynamics partner and make those investments in your business in order to, you know, uh, 12 or 18 months down the road, make the transition, we have enablement tools and resources that can help you do that. So uh, we have tools like our Dynamics Cloud Practice Builder. We have people for you to work with in order to kind of take you through that process. Uh, And then once you can get to the other side and drive some Dynamics business, you have then the ability to participate in our partner-to-partner network so we can start bringing you Dynamics leads from the MSPs that 
that really don't want to invest there. Excellent. Okay. Well, that's great info. Really appreciate the perspective, Doug. Um, any, uh, uh, is there any place that you, people could reach out to you directly or should they just reach out to Tech Data uh, Frontline? Nope. Uh, reach out to me directly. My email address is douglas.fiore. The last name is F as in Frank, I-O-R-E at techdata.com. Or we do have uh, a Microsoft Dynamics alias at Tech Data, which is msdynamics at techdata.com. Okay, perfect. I'll include those uh, links in the show notes as well. And if you haven't started your Dynamics practice in your in your IT consulting business, there is no time like now because uh, the future is bright in, in the cloud, right? It absolutely is. Absolutely right. is. Thanks for your time, Doug. Hey, thank you, Todd. <laughs> 